You are listening to your auntie's favorite DJ, DJ Treaty Tree. What is going on? It's DJ Treacy Treese again, and welcome back to What the Pod. You are now listening to episode five. Thanks. Welcome back. For those of you who are new, What the Pod is a podcast that basically introduces you to new podcasts every single week. So make sure you stay tuned. And for all of you who are watching on video, shamelessly plug- plugging for uh, What the Pod merch right now, which can be found in the link in the description. Today, I've got with me Karen and Kelly from The Blended Gin. How are you doing today? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me um, and dealing with my barrage of backstage issues that I was having here with lighting and paper towels in the background and everything. (laughs) Well, I'm Karen from The Blended Gin, and let me just say, we do 20 minutes of pre-show, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was nothing from what we normally do. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, Karen and Kelly, introduce yourselves for the people who are listening and let us know a little bit about your podcast. Well, I'm Karen. I, I am one of the original founders of the pop, the blended gen. Um, I, I current, we've currently been doing this for three years. Um, so it's really, um, it's, I'll be honest, it's really kind of odd to me to be, be interviewed <laughs> about our podcast because <laughs> I'm normally, we're normally the hosts. So I'm all like, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> it's like a reverse potting. I love yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Most people are uncomfortable. They're like, whoa, yeah. you're asking me questions about it. I'm yeah, it's like, totally natural. This is odd. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let Kelly introduce herself. Yeah. Hey, Tracy. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Karen. My name is Kelly D'Amico. I am a co-host with Karen with The Blended Gen. I was an original teammate when we got started and launched this in 2018. It's been an incredible ride. And I'll just echo, like I'm in talent acquisition with my day gig and I interview people all day long. So to flip this on me, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be a a great ride to be in the passenger seat. And and it's totally fine for this to go out of control as well. This is a safe space for any kind of, you know, whatever that's going to happen. So tell us a little bit about The Blended Gin. What can people listen for when they listen to your podcast? So The the Blended Gin um, came out of a couple of different, you know, brains like Kelly and I. Um, originally, we had three, but now we are two. But the original um, idea of The Blended Gin was to bring the 80s um, kind of vice versa of what's going on right now versus like what what were we experiencing back in the 80s. Um, Kelly is a Gen, a Gen Xer and I'm a Gen Yer um, because I always plug that because I am an 80 baby. And what happened to that little bit of Gens, I guess I could say generations, mm-hmm was that we kind of got mixed in. So like, if you were like late eighties, like, or like 81 on, you're like a millennial, but then there was a little 79, 80 mix there. That was a Y Um, and then the X. So I think the blended gen was um, created. I would say the name was because we were kind of blending generations and we are, um, I mean, the eighties was awesome. And I mean, because I was born (laughs) and, and so we, we really um, bonded over like how we grew up, what, what was our, you know, like, do you remember the, the pager and the pay phone and the rotary dial phone and all that good stuff to now, you know, I asked my niece and my nephew, like, do you know what a pay phone is? And they're like, absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of things of, you know, what's going on today that that is is similar, but we related to it differently. And we talk about a lot of the ways that we related. We relate now to what we learned back in the 80s. But overall, we also talk about just being our true selves and the hot mess things that happen to us in our lives, which we all have. 
And we all either don't want to tell our friends like, oh my God, I totally <laughs> did something crazy. But we all relate to those hot mess stories. Like, like, you know, when we created the blended gin, I was in, I was on, in my car. Um, our other friend was like at a skate park or something with her kids. And Kelly was running on E with 1% battery. Oh my God. <laughs> like we were all a hot mess. We, we were all like, we made the, we planned the time to talk and we were just a hot mess. And we kind of laughed about it because we actually figured out something in like less than 1%. So Kelly's phone didn't die <laughs> and we figured it out and we just ran with it. And we do a lot of hot mess stories and just funny day-to-day -day stories that we can all relate to, but I'll let Kelly tell you a little bit more too. Yeah. Thanks, Karen. So we've had a ton of fun at the Blended Gen podcast and our podcast has evolved a little bit over the three years. Uh, certainly though, when we got started, just like how anyone starts out with a podcast, it's a little clunky, a little rough around the edges, you know, but we knew that we had something at the time, uh, you know, it was three of us and we all come from different backgrounds. So we thought, hey, you know, really highlighting that. But the one thing we had in common was that we grew up in the 80s and we all had hot mess stories to share to make people laugh and relate to. And we thought, you know, sometimes it's the silly that makes life fun and you got to stop and laugh at yourself sometimes and highlight the ridiculous to know that it's OK. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's that's awesome. And it's the blended gen of all the generations, because I am a millennial, but I was born 89. Yep. So, I mean, a lot of, I really can't, I have some experiences that other millennials can't relate to where it's like, dude, I didn't have a cell phone. Like cell phones for us wasn't really a thing. Like when I was in high school, you had one, but it couldn't do anything. Like you maybe had one, minutes weren't free. Like nights and weekends was the only time you could like, <laughs> you know, okay. it was a real struggle and it was very, very ghetto. And it was, and it was, um, too, like if you lost your phone, it was like a million dollars to get another one. Cause I remember someone stole my phone and my parents were like, what is happening? So yeah, <laughs> but people can't believe like kids nowadays, they're like, what? Like phones are phones. Like I could get a new phone. Like I'm like, well, well, we talked about cell phones and the old brick phones, but yeah. we grew up at a time when to call your friends, if they lived just on the other side of the city, you might have had to pay long distance at like 32 cents a second, you know? And so your parents would be like, you'd be on your rotary phone with the cord wrapped around the hallway six times, hiding in a closet to talk to, you know, your friend who lived on the other side of the of town, but it was considered long distance. They're like, $5, you're up. You're yeah, done. That's Get in it. there and do some dishes. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, yep. no, people don't. And then think about this, even with the phone concept, because our, like my mom will say to me, like, hang up the phone. Like, and I'll say that to my nieces and nephews and they have no idea what I'm talking about. They're like red circle, like what red circle. And I'm like, hang it. But it was back in the day when you actually like had to hang it back up onto the receiver. But yeah, that's completely lost now. Yes, it is. And so we, we kind of, we go back and forth and we laugh at those things, right? Because it's, to, it's funny how we react to the news now um, and how instant and instantaneous it is, right? You know, it's, it's so just right there in your face. And we talk about, you know, like waiting for people to call you. Like when you said that you were going to call me, guess what? You're going to call me. And we would have like words if you didn't call me. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you're waiting at the phone and then you're you're coming back to listen to your voicemails. You didn't get to listen to your voicemails on the road being like, oh, I missed your call. No, it was hours later, maybe, you know, yeah. and then people said, I'll be there at five o'clock to pick you up. You were ready at five o'clock. This was no text thing. Oh, I'm in traffic. Like I'm, you know, none of that stuff. And so we, we kind of laugh about that. And, and our, and our big thing is, is just to be, you know, your authentic self. Like if you're saying, hang up the phone, heck yeah. Like, hang keep it up. Hang up the phone. <laughs> you know? Kids are so confused. They're like, what is happening? What is that? Yeah, but kids know. now, they don't they don't know of a world like FaceTime. I always like dreamed of it being a, like face chat and all that. But it wasn't a, a real reality for us when we were growing up to have like this kind of conversation or even dialogue. I remember when I was playing my PlayStation as a kid and it was like PlayStation one. 
because I had a Genesis as well when I was a kid because I'm in that, you know. But I used to be like, man, I wish I could play with my friends who are over in, you know, at their houses. I wish we could all like link up. And now I'm playing with people across the country and I'm like just talking to them at whatever times of the day. You know, it's great. I mean, because growing up in the 80s and I remember the Jetsons and I always I was like way, way far. So I wanted a hologram like this, this video, face chat, computer, phone, whatever we're doing right now. No, I want a hologram and I want us all three to be sitting here in my room with me, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's and basically what's hologram stuff. But then it's funny to tell kids that, you know, they're like the Jets, A, they're like the Jetsons. Okay, now that's-, that's Some of them watch old cartoons because I DJ for a lot of kid organizations like Jack and Jill and like Boy Scouts and stuff. And they surprise you. They'll know some of the older ones just because like they're either hanging out with their grandparents and that like this is all they have of content. So, you know, it's just like I'm at grandma's house and I'm watching a DVD. Or, you know, they might just be one of these kids that dig into Netflix and think Think that old stuff is cool yeah yeah no yeah. I've, I've yet to meet those kids so i need i need to follow those <laughs> there's a couple in every bunch there's not a lot you know yeah. they always surprise me with music they come up and they're like can i hear michael jackson and i'm like you're all right you're you know what i like you for real i love it so much because like we're seeing that now like kids and the younger generation they're totally loving the flashback to the 80s old school but i remember when i was in the 80s and 90s man i did not like my parents music i mean some of it in the 70s but don't throw me like the spinners like back in the i mean maybe yeah. but there was like the 50s old school doo-wop stuff and now i appreciate my parents generation music i'm like yeah that was some right on you know stuff but when i was a kid i didn't want any of that and yeah. now kids today they're totally flashing back to the 80s and we're seeing the trends re relive in our lives as yeah. adults well you 80sers you killed disco you're the only generation to kill a whole genre of music like statistically, you guys were like burning albums and like revolting. You're like, we're sick of this shit. Disco sucks. Like that was yeah. a real thing. So yeah, yeah I, I would say that you did. You hated your parents' music. Hate parents' music, but rap was born and MTV was born, I and know. the MTV generation came out strong and in force. Right? Yeah, like yeah. I know, like Friday night videos was like the thing on NBC late at night, one o'clock in the morning. I used to stay up late to watch it and sneak it. And then MTV, man, that just changed the world. It did because everybody or young people being very ratchet on TV. I mean, it was just, I didn't even know the possibility. I was like, look at all these people in the pool. They're just <laughs> hitting a beach ball. There's a concert. I need to be a part of that life. And that's probably why I am in entertainment right now. It's because I listened so much BET, MTV, VH1 was even like not that trash when I was a kid, but now it's like awful. I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. This is all reality TV. They've completely just trashed the network, but it was about music at one point. It was, it, yeah. it really was. And, and Kelly and I, we, we flashback so many, so many different ways. And we also, um, we have what we call the blended gen. Um, and it's, and it's actually dear gen and it's our, um, you can write in if you don't have a friend, like, you know, you say like you, you move to a new place and you're like, dang, I don't got any friends and I need to ask this question. And maybe your friend's are out of touch, or maybe you haven't seen a friend in a while, and you're just like, gosh, I have a question burning. So we do have um, a little segment where we do um, Dear Jen. So we get some letters in, and they're from people, and so we, we kind of give our spin on kind of a Dear Abby slash Dear Jen type throwback to, you know, ask us anything. We're here, you know, we're being honest. If we've had an experience like you, then let's let's talk about it. So what's the craziest dear Jen you've got you've had? Crazy I mean the gosh. That's a hard one. Having people write in is very dangerous. That's why I <laughs> asked this question. <laughs> Anytime you give people an open forum to like it, express it, themselves or just ask, it's usually not good. It is. Um, one that I can remember is this. It was a dear Jen um, and it was a mom. And she had, you know how like we have Amazon now and your kids are just like, Amazon, I want to buy. And then all of a sudden your bill is like $500 million. But so happened, her kid had asked her to um, buy some stickers. 
just some regular old pack of 100 stickers for $5. So she was like, yeah, go ahead. You know, he was going to decorate his um, helmet, but, you know, going out bike riding, skateboarding, whatever he did. And she didn't, she, you know, she, the stickers came, he decorated his helmet. She didn't pay no attention to what was on the helmet or anything like that. And he came home um, after the skate park and she's like helping him get out of his gear and everything. And she looks on the helmet and one of the stickers was a weed leaf, a pot leaf. <laughs> well, of course her son's like eight or nine. It's like grass, yeah. It's like, oh, look, a leaf and you know, like other. Like, yeah. Tree. It's a tree. Yeah. It's a sticker. And so she had wrote in and she had asked, like, what do I say to the parents? Because she wasn't at the skate park, but you can only imagine like parents out there, like looking at calling CPS. Absolutely. They, as they should. I mean, <laughs> like what is happening? But it, it was kind of like a hot mess story and a dear Jen, like, what would you do type thing? Like if this happened to you, which is possible, right? It's like, so, it's hilarious. Yes. My nieces, I have 10 nieces and nephews and they're constantly grabbing stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute. No. Let me, let me make sure. Yeah. <laughs> that <could> totally happen. <laughs> so I think we get, we get stories like that. We haven't had any juicy ones. Um, uh, Kelly, do what's your favorite hot mess story? What, well, I mean, we've definitely had some some really hysterical hot mess stories over the years. Probably more so than Dear Jen. I mean, we've had some good Dear Jen. Some some Dear Jens though, just to close that loop, have written in. You know, they have some some problems. You know, like how do I handle this? You know, and so I'm I'm grateful that we've created a platform and a space for people to come and share, and it really resonates with our listeners. Um, and and we've had some good dialogue and follow up with that. But in terms of hot mess stories, those are the they're hysterical. They're hysterical. There was one in particular a woman shared, uh, you know, she had an experience with um, her dogs. So she went on a family vacation and her husband had to stay at like their beach house a little bit longer. So she drove home with two kids in the back and this dog and the dog ended up having like explosive diarrhea all over the front seat of their car. And it was the whole play by play as she's driving in the highway with the kids in the back. This dog is like exploding all over the place, all over her, all over the seat. The kids are throwing up now in the back seat. It's, it's like disgusting. a whole big yeah. wreck. I mean, absolutely disgusting. But her play by play of going through this, I was like, <laughs> you poor woman, man. I, I know. I am Blow that car up. The wine. Yeah. And if it's found in a river somewhere, I got you. I get it. Sorry, Progressive Insurance Company. Yeah. It is what it is. Oh. <laughs> it I was hilarious. totally see that happening. Dogs are gross. I have a puppy. He just has diarrhea randomly because he's trash. He's a dog. He's like, whatever. Putting my head in the garbage. Whatever happens, happens. I would puke off of oh. his diarrhea. So, yeah, right? I can only I imagine mean, small children with just. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, we're going right there. But we had we were in stitches when we read this story. Oh. And she was an amazing storyteller walking us through. But we've had everything from that to like hot mom moments like, you know, that with the kids and the tooth fairy and just like. I mean, and beyond, like there was even one recently for Valentine's weekend. I think it was a male listener wrote in Karen, right? And he had a, a, a steamy Valentine story totally go AWOL off the side of the road with a, with like a rat in the house and a bat that flew in the window. Yeah. Yeah. What? It was wild. Some of the hot mess stories. Yeah. He was trying to be romantic with his wife, I think. Um, the cat had, oh, that's what it was. The cat had bought in, um, a rat that he, they thought that he had killed, right? Brought it up on the bed, of course, because you know, cats like to show off their stuff, but the rat was still alive and ran. Okay. <laughs> so you're in bed. <laughs> There's a rat in your bed and then it runs, then it runs, the cat runs. But then not even like less than 15 minutes later, then a bat flies in because they kept the window open for the other cat. And so a bat flew in. So then you he tried to Animal get it planet. out. And, yeah, yeah and, it, and it was, it what was, what did we call it? The the cats, bats, and rats story. <laughs> I don't know. It's a hot mess story for sure. No Valentine's love going down in that bed that no. night. That's for sure. And rats, uh, where, where are you guys at? I'm in California. Oh, me too. Okay, so you know about the rat situation here. 
Well, I'm in the country. I'm Northern California. So oh, it's uh, nice out here. And I'm sure, I mean, it's not any better. These are like small squirrel rats here. There's a sitch. There's a sitch there, happening. That's, that sounds like a problem. My the police God. watched me run from rats. And I looked at them and I was like, why the fuck wouldn't you help me? <laughs> the fucking rats are running. Like, are they running after you like in packs? Like It's at night. It's, it's only at night. It's if you walk past a trash can, they'll try to run under your feet, like no. to get to the buildings. It it happened to me, I and I, I okay. So since you guys are on my show, I'm gonna tell you a hot mess story. Oh, let's go! Yay! Okay, so me and my friend are walking. It's at night. We're downtown LA. Like we're right by the Cecil Hotel, which is so funny because the the rats were in front. This is where I got chased by rats. So that documentary with like that building being possessed and all that, I think it's the rats to be quite honest. They just run the place. So anyway, his building is on that block, which is totally fine. Like we had didn't even know that place was on the the block. But um this particular day they were working in the sewers. So they had went down there and they shut the power off and like they were in the ground, which means that all the rats that are in the sewers are now what? On the streets. So we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And then um, we're like, dang, all right, we're walking back. So we're walking back from wherever we went. I think, I don't know where we went to, probably a smoke shop or something stupid like that. Bodega, because we're snacking, right? So then we're walking back and all of a sudden we look and there's this sea of rats blocking the sidewalk they're just running back and forth they're scurrying they're making the noises they're in the trash cans or whatever so there's there's mad homeless people who just camp out there and they don't care about the rats they say it out loud they're like they're whatever they're just rats but i'm like dude it's rat it's rat city right now so then like there's a little patch where it's open and i look at him and i'm like lewis come on like we gotta run this is our time like there are not a lot of rats we can get through if we run so there's a little break in the rat thing and we start running. He's looking like this guy that I'm with, he's probably six foot seven, big guy. He ain't running with the rats either because he's like, dude, fuck all these rats, right? So um, so we're running. So I start running and then all of a sudden this rat comes and it runs under my foot. So I jump <laughs> and then as I'm about to land, another rat runs. So I have to do this like mid air Mario climb. <laughs> over the rats and oh. i'm like running 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 and that's when i saw the police officer and i'm like why the fuck wouldn't you help like the rats are fucking chasing me and they were just laughing and just doing going about their day so lapd did nothing to help me as i got chased by rats oh my word and you know something i think you just created a new video game series called real life la or something with the <laughs> dtla drama man i'm telling you because they it was the most it was the craziest thing and all i remember was looking down and seeing that second rat and being like oh shit i was gonna step on a rat and it was a big rat oh, did God. you lock eyes was it a locked eye moment it was, it was one of those <laughs> it was a moment it, happened, it all happened moment. so fast but needless to say now i'm traumatized and i don't walk at night if it's nighttime i walk like by the staples center where there's like less rats but like downtown where there's much of the garbage i ain't doing that no more that could well, be some sort of app like like you know like how they have traffic flow on the highways you can have an app like where's the rat flow on where's the, the, the but you know what it was because they were in the sewers there was normally not that many rats we had walked past there a million times that's why i'm like where did these rats come from but they were down working in the sewers and it was just completely bizarre and gross that is that is yeah. thank you for that hot mess story yeah, <laughs> please please feel free to share that story with yeah. anyone you like um and let them know that there's a real situation going on over here it is a situation. And I just moved here from, from Indiana. So it's like oh. country. I'm used to that. Like field mice, whatever. I had cats who caught mice. It was whatever. These rats. They don't <laughs> my play. dog runs from I have a huge dog. He's a like eighty pound puppy, uh, one year old. And he's scared of the rats. He's like, What where did you bring us that we now have this problem with these rats? That is too funny. And that's that's really cool that you're from Indiana because Kelly and I are from Ohio. Really? See, it's Midwest all over. All, and Ohio's stressful for me. Can I tell you? Where are you guys <laughs> from in Ohio? I, I'm from Dayton. Dayton, okay. Dayton's all right. I grew up in Northern Ohio. I lived in Cleveland growing up. And then I went to school and lived in Toledo for like 12 years before yeah. moving to Arizona. That's mm -hmm. what's up. Yeah. Dayton, uh, I'm from Indiana. So we pass through, you know, we go back and forth. Also, I went to Purdue. So I kind of hate Ohio. But um, I've just never had a good experience in 
Ohio, like at nightlife, I think. I think that's why it stresses me out. That's what it is. Like, I mean, I grew up in Cleveland and at the time, like it was fun growing up, right? 90, in the 90s, right? Because <laughs> that's when you were going out, not so much in the 80s, but the 90s were a good time. Go down to the water and the flats and party, have fun or what, you know, whatever, right? And that, and that was a good time. But then I went to Toledo where there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's a bunch of, you know, working on the cars and the all the different plans. I mean, good people. I, I had a great time there. We made our own fun, but it, was it wasn't like the, fair. The, the, it was like the, going to the Regal Beagle to drink your beers on a Friday night, right? That's where yeah. you went. That's that Midwest <laughs> living. Cool. Yeah, it was simple, <laughs> easy, good. But we came to Arizona and never looked back. Yeah, oh, for sure. I moved to California. I'm like, Indiana has rent. Buy one, get one free. I ain't going back. Okay. I like that so true, right? <laughs> Why would I do that? I mean, the, just the pace on the West Coast is completely different, you know? And if you want to be a mover and a shaker, I think that the West Coast is where it's at. Yeah, definitely. I agree. But um, it's so funny because we, when we started the podcast, Kelly, I, and um, our third um, friend, we all didn't realize how much time we all three spent in Ohio. Um, because our other podcaster that that started it with us, she grew up in Ohio too. So it was it was kind of it was it was really weird because we all met in Arizona. I lived in Arizona for a little bit, and then we all met, and we didn't we didn't even piece piece our stories together until like I don't know year one. We almost yeah. I mean, it was way later after we started working on the podcast and and really getting to know each other more. We met each other in in a business uh, networking you know environment, and we instantly became attracted to each other in terms of our energy and who we are, and we just hit it off and started you know independently hanging out and going to different mixers and things like that along the way. And then when Karen came to me and was like, Kelly, I'm, I'm working on something. Do you want in? I was like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. Let's go, let's go. You know? And then we started chatting and the beautiful piece of this is yeah. The three of us, when we started, this is is awesome learning that we all were in Ohio for a really substantial part of our younger lives. But the three of us are all very different people in our backgrounds and upbringing and even who we, you know, who we are today, but our core and our essence are so aligned, right? And I think yeah. it's just a powerful piece that like when you meet people, you know, you never know their backgrounds, you never know even, you know, present day, they could be totally different on the surface, but the root of who they are, you could align with some great people. And I'm so fortunate that I've now, you know, have two best friends from this experience and we would have never... Never no even why. known. That's that's so dope. And I, I do think that just Midwestern people have really good cores. I, I feel that. And it's so crazy because I'm here, but I constantly link up with people who are that because I think I'm attracting that um, just by just good, sweet people, you know, who are just out here because being there is just slow and we don't want to do that no more. <laughs> It is very slow. It's slow. And I drive a pickup. I drive a pickup on the West Coast now, too. So I drove it all the way across the country. Um, and people are like, what? But I'm like, in Indiana, that was it, man. You went to everything takes 20 minutes to get to. Everybody's <laughs> kind of just hanging. It's closed at 1030, except for the clubs, you know. But that's like a mixture of techno, country, R&B, hip hop. It's like, <laughs> you know what Midwestern clubs are like. It's like yeah. people are line dancing while people are like jumping up and down and raving. And then there's this hip hop that's just bled in because of like all Chicago and like, you know, yep. just. Yep. No, that is so true. For real. You hit it on the head. You just took me back. You took me so back to growing up. And that's exactly what it was. It was let's go line dancing. We had the boots on. Right. And then somewhere some in the middle comes in some sort of biggie like playing. Yeah. Oh, no. People, thing, right? people like, in Indiana line dance a little John. They'd be like, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And it's like lit. I mean, it's good stuff. We used to go to bar. It's a whiskey with the whiskey business. Or something like that in Indiana, but Even it's a right good there. one. Whis whiskey in the title just sums it up, right? Just a big ass <laughs> dance floor. They got like twenty seven beers on tap. The DJ's playing like every genre of music, and people are cool with it. Yeah, it's, it's yep. legit. It's it's a good time. That's what I'm like. It's really cool, but it's like I'm thirty one. It's like I really want to turn up my career right now and not be like <laughs> buying a house and just have this big huge plot of land, which you can do for really cheap out there too. Talk about the differences in. Living. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A big difference in living. Um, but I grew up mostly in Denver. 
And so um, I just Man, kept You've been around Denver. Yeah. <laughs> How was Denver? Because I love Denver, but I stayed in an Airbnb. That I wanted to move there because of just when I was going there and partying. Then I stayed in an Airbnb that was in a neighborhood. And I was like, I can't do this. I don't, I don't like Denver at all. I don't know what neighborhood, but <laughs> I think it was close to downtown though. And maybe yeah. that's just a, yeah. yeah, that's probably, that's probably true. Um, I grew up on kind of the Southeast, like suburbs of Den Denver, um, in Aurora, but, um, that was, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, you know, so it was totally different. It was kind of rural back in the day, you know, it, believe it or not, when you go out there now, it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm yeah, it, it was, it was, it was, in the eighties, it was really rural, rural out there. Um, but it's grown up, grown a lot and I've seen it grown, you know, a lot. And I, I like it. I always said I would retire there. Yeah. I, I, I need to experience some other things. If you like four seasons, that's the place to go. If you like to hike, bike or ski, the, those are the places to go, go and live. You know what I mean? Um, you have, you know, the best of both worlds out there, but I still like the West Coast, though. I love the Northwest because you have the mountains and the ocean. And that's... What is your winter like, though? That's my... The the winter in Denver? Mm. No, I mean, like, in NorCal. Oh, like, in NorCal? Oh, no, it's nothing. I mean, I'm used to snow and, like... <laughs> yeah, that's why I won't... I'm, I have been no. hesitant to go north in California because yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not it, going back. I mean... It was cool, but I didn't see any snow out here. I mean, <laughs> that was, I mean, if I don't see any snow, it's a good winter. That's yes. how I'm saying. Agreed. We just got here on um, New Year's Eve. So, like, oh, literally, cool. we, we were packing our shit up Christmas Eve. It was, like, snowing and raining, and we were just throwing stuff away, throwing it in the U-Haul. We sold everything and just came. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, you're good for you. Yeah, we, were vi we visited in October. And then I was DJing like a million. I was a wedding DJ. So I had a, a wedding in Indiana and I got COVID at a wedding. Oh, and then I gave it to my wife. And then I was like, shit, we were sick for like a month. And then I was like, listen, we make it through this. We out of here. And we did. We just sold everything and we left. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and now we live downtown LA because we wanted to walk everywhere. We were tired of driving. Like, especially when uh, like the lockdown first happened. We were in the house, like both of us, our jobs, luckily, you know, we could do from home, but we were in the house and that in Indiana really wasn't what we were looking for. Like we could be locked down here and be completely fine because we could walk to grocery. Um, we can go hike. We can, you know, have enough outside space to do that without having to rely on getting in the car every, I had three cars in Indiana. We oh, have one now. Yeah. Yeah. No, the city life is way different. Right. And um, where I moved to in Northern California is it's back. I'm kind of rural again, and you have to get in the car and drive. I'm not in any big city, but, but yeah, it's, it, it kind of takes me back also to the eighties when you actually had to go and, and get up and, and drive a couple of miles to a store where it wasn't like you can get out and be like, Oh, the, you know, Safeway or Circle K or something's on the corner and boom, you're here. Let's talk about this because I'm traumatized by shopping as a kid. I hate shopping right now. Like I was at the grocery store earlier and my wife was like, why are you so grumpy? And I'm like, I just genuinely hate this place because it's just, it's stress. It's a stressful thing. And that is because when we were kids, my parents would wake me up and my mom, eight o'clock, seven sometimes, we're going from store to store. I've got to try clothes on. I've got to do all this. And you're exhausted. And now it's 7 p.m. and we have to come home and put this stuff up. It was a whole day experience to shop. Oh, yeah. It's oh, go ahead, it's Kelly. Well, I was just going to say, I totally agree. It was a whole day experience. You went for the whole thing. Maybe if you were lucky, you got lunch at McDonald's. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, right? It was like the thing. It was awful. And an all day thing. And now we're so used to just having convenience, right? Like grocery delivery, grocery pickup, who needs to, you know, maybe that maybe you go to a couple stores and you have everything ready for you. Now we're this like click, click instant gratification society because we're all, we just don't want to be bothered with the mundane. Right. Yeah. And it's ruining our lives because yeah. we're now expecting instant gratification in every way. And I catch myself <laughs> in that because I am, I'm like, I'll shop around. I'll be like, hey, you know, I need this computer cord. And then if I can't walk somewhere and get it or have it today, I'm pissed. Honestly, Amazon sometimes works opposite for me 
because I'm like, I, I should, why can't, where's Best Buy? Where's the, I'm so, where's all the stuff that I used to be able to do? Now I'm like anti um, that instant, not anti it. I just want it in a different way. I just want retail stores again. I feel like everybody's gone away from retail and everything's yeah. delivery and I can't try it on and I can't put my hands on it mm-hmm. when I used to be able to just go to Circuit. You remember Circuit City? Like, oh, Hell Radio yeah. Shack. I, I grew up. I was that kid. Like yep. my parents would give me allowance, and I would go to Radio Shack and buy batteries. Like I'm going <laughs> way back and saying catalogs. I remember waiting for the catalogs. Uh, if the mailman, don't get it twisted, three thirty, the mailman would come around, and I'd be the first one to get the catalog, so I could pin, you know, do circle. The little, you could circle, yep, or put the little page, like fold the corner <laughs> of the page that you were like, don't forget this page, because I might have to go back. Because if I circle too many things, then I won't get that many things. But I'll have to remember this page. Yep. Yes. I mean, and it was JCPenney. It was Sears, Montgomery Ward, if you were from. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I got one for you. The Columbia House catalog. When that rolled up. Oh, I just got you, didn't I? With the all Columbia those Columbia House catalog with the little images this big on that little catalog. I had a hundred copies folded up. A million of them, right? Circled, circled, circled of all the things. And you had your penny ready to go to mail in on your order form with your 12 free for a penny. CDs, uh, yes. Yeah. That was totally like a Ponzi scheme. Catalog, all the way. And mm-hmm. I think, didn't they have some kind of legal ramifications for tricking people or something <laughs> like that? It was never a penny. I don't think that yeah, there was some call. Oh, I never paid. I only paid a penny. I never, I was like. How did this, how did, how did that business-wise happen for us? But I do, I had hella or order forms i would just <laughs> steal them from magazines and all kind of stuff or like the aol cds you remember when the internet like was like an introductory cd that they mailed out to everybody i went down my block and stole everybody's internet cd because my mom had just bought me a, a e-machine computer oh wow and i like unscrewed the thing and took the thing off because the processor was so slow it was so loud and i hooked a fan up so like it was really crazy so that i could <laughs> I keep it keep burning music all night from LimeWire and Napster. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. I had a whole business off of CDs. I sold CDs, illegal CDs and DVDs when I was a kid. There you go. Smart. Made so much money. I mean, Shark Tale, that was a hit. I sold so many copies of Shark Tale. That's the one DVD I remember off the top of my head. Oh yeah, it's so good. Well, I remember. I mean, it's even before Napster. So now I'm, I'm I'm a little older than you, being a Gen Xer. And Karen and I have chatted about this. Like, so you used to sit like Saturday morning, Casey Kasem top forty countdowns, and you'd have your boombox right, like on the floor next to your bed with like the the Memorex recordable cassette tapes. Oh yeah, and with your fingers ready to go. Mm-hmm. But that dude spoke to the very last millisecond before the, the intro song and the song started and you were like boom and you had to nail it every time but then when you listen to your playback sometimes it's still Casey Kasem saying like whatever he was saying uh-huh. at the same time that was like our own ratchet like burning yeah, oh, burning. oh yeah. music and I did it the radio. I did it with a talk girl from you remember Home Alone came out and then they oh, put out yeah. those talk girls and talk boys so my mom bought me one of those when I was like six or seven and I had hella tapes Hello. I was like dubbing over everything, but I would like, I was a rapper when I was a kid, by the way. So I would like listen to a beat in the background and then I would like rap into it. So that I was making a mixtape. But mixtapes were lit when we were kids, right? Like you could give somebody a tape and be like, listen to this whole album and they would be like, and do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it you was the thing of like love songs, right? Yeah. So like your high school crush or boyfriend or whatever, they're making you a mixtape and it's got, you know, all the good love songs from the 90s on it. Like all that good, good R&B, the smooth stuff. It's like, oh yeah, this is so good here. I made you a mixtape. Yeah, and I wrote on you. it and you hope you can read my handwriting because this is like in Sharpie of some sort and you're blowing on it to like make sure it doesn't smudge. <laughs> That's so funny. No mixtapes and tapes, period. I remember getting in my first fight because somebody wouldn't give me my tape back. Like, that's that was like back in the day. For real. Like that now, it's like, oh, somebody didn't give you your CD back. You can burn it again from somewhere. I don't, nobody has CDs. And if, I mean, if you're buying CDs at this point, wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just wow, you're just burning through money. I mean, you might as well do Apple Music. They're giving it exactly. away for free. But now you can recover everything, right? But with a tape or a CD, like it was fighting. Like I remember, yeah. I remember my friend, one, and she's still one of my good friends. Um, she, it, this was, this was further into the nineties, like high school. And she, and I had a car and she had put her tape that she had got from Christmas in my car. So we could listen to it over and over again, like you did right in your car. And I remember a year later her being like, Hey, can I get my tape back? And I was like, that's not your tape anymore. It's been in my car for a year. <laughs> right. It is now the car's tape. Yeah, I was like, that is currently mine. <laughs> And we always joke about that. Like she's little, I was like, I gave you your tape back, but I don't. And it was Aaliyah's tape. I remember. Oh, so I what was that tape? What was your one tape? That's what I'm at. That's oh. a good one. Because back in when you had to buy tapes for people who are listening, who are, can't relate to this. Sometimes <laughs> like they would do singles, but you could also buy the album. So you could buy the single with like a club mix. It was like three different songs on. Then they do the instrumental. So you can get like just that version with three songs or you could do the whole album. What's what was yours, Kelly? Can you think of? Oh, yeah. So uh, my tape was Madonna True Blue all the way mm. for, for sure. But my album, because I, I also had a record player when okay. I was a kid. So it, go, going back, right? So I had the record player was Purple Rain all the way. So Purple Rain, pur okay. Purple Rain, Prince, absolutely. And then I had some Tears for Fears in there and Michael Jackson, of course, and the, on the album deck. And then tape, though, Madonna came out and she was the thing. and She, she killed was, it. She killed it. But True Blue was the tape that was forever burnt, 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 played all day, every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So my tape, okay, I'm going back to the 80s. I loved Tiffany. That was my tape. That was okay. my, that was my tape. Now growing up and then having like other tapes, uh, Uncle Luke, hands down, everybody knew not to mess with my Uncle Luke tape. Okay. Come on, Uncle Luke tapes. You was meant to be on the West Coast. Yeah, you to be on the West Coast. Exactly. That was my tape. Um, and to fast forward, because my friends knew I loved my tape so much. And then as we grew up, then they got me a CD. And then that was my CD. <laughs> like, that was your CD. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, those were. Um, that or, was it. Yeah. And then just mixtapes. Like you, you would get those one songs that you never would get the whole tape, but like somebody made you a mixtape and like, I remember just hella just old school, like E40, like stuff that you can't, underground stuff that you couldn't get. Like those were my real tapes though, the mixtapes. For sure. Um, for me, I think I'm gonna choose. So I, I remember my um, Christmas when I turned five, when I was five years old. It's so funny because I remember it. I got a boombox for Christmas. My mom just put it on the floor and like put a bunch of tapes. Um, and that was my favorite time for tapes because those were all my favorites. And my favorite from that one, and it was all female artists. And it was explicit too because my parents were like, hey, just don't say the words. But you can, you know, listen to the art because my dad was a musician. Um, had to be Debrat, Functified. Debrat. I mean, yes. I just couldn't get enough. I was like, this is tight. And then I had a Tupac tape where Hail Mary's instrumental was on it. And that was my, I was woke when I was a kid. That was, I would consciously write raps about, you know, just the African-American experience that I had from when I was five, you know? <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. No, it's, it's when you grew up, right? Like I yeah. Like my first tape that I remember being like, oh my gosh, I got a tape was Tiffany. But then when I grew up, I'm like, oh yeah, I got a lot of different styles yeah. and, and tapes out but there. But for CDs, I think it would be Lil' Kim, The Naked Truth. When she went to jail at that point on that album, That at that point. So I wrote her a letter. I had wrote her a letter in jail, everything. Like I was bumping The Naked Truth until she got out. <laughs> and then I still listen to it from now on. I'll be like, man, look. And then Remy Ma. So I listen to all, mostly female rappers, you know, women rappers. But um, New York. It's just New York rap just seems like the original form to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Hands down. I agree with you. Yeah, I, this is so better. I like than West Coast. I still can appreciate the East Coast. Yeah. And I like West Coast rap. It's just, I mean, if it's not Tupac or like Snoop, 
a little bit of like um easy e nwa i ain't really messing with it too much because the some i mean e40 I, I mess with e40 but some of the music is the beats just be too crazy for me i'm a <laughs> dj so i'll be like i can't mix this with shit. i ain't playing this <laughs> he was, we play e40 song at the club you got to play the whole fucking song because you ain't gonna be able to mix it with nothing <laughs> that was my purpose right and he like i just want my stuff to stand out he talk on the beat in the middle of the beat on the where space of the beat he talk 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 you can't get a beat in there so crazy okay so let's wrap it up um my final question for you is since we're in this nostalgia moment which is just giving me all the feels it's all nice outside and everything what is your favorite um nostalgic memory from your generation like is it a person is it a place is it a thing what is it Kelly, you want to go first? Man, we can go all over the place because I think there's so many things. Like the two first things that come to mind growing up child of the 80s was um, Saturday morning cartoons, eating cereal with my brother, like literally waking up at the crack of dawn, opening up the cabinet, having like 25 boxes of our favorite cereal, Cookie Crisp and Cocoa Puffs and like, you know, fruity pebbles and like all the sugar cereal and getting like jacked out on sugar cereal for hours in the morning, literally boxes lined up in front of our big tube TV um, and watching Saturday morning cartoons like that is the epitome of my youth from being as little as I can remember and until like I became a 90s teenager, right? Like that was where it was at every Saturday with my brother. And then, I mean, hours, we would just watch hours and hours and hours of it all. And, and it was... I mean, that was epic. That was my youth, hanging out with my brother on Saturday morning, getting coked out on sugar cereal, <laughs> and keep uh, <laughs> <Kid> coked out, <laughs> coked out, and uh, and then just running. Like then we would spend the afternoon like out, when just get on like our bikes, run. and just go all day. Like never, like I mean, I. It's funny now. I tell my son who's thirteen. I'm like, he wants to go ride his bike in the neighborhood, and I'm like, by yourself, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, I was like, I think four riding my bike exactly. down three neighborhoods, cross the street, down bike paths. No, no phone, no cell phone. And I'm like, hey, I'm either going to be at, you know, Jennifer's house, Valerie's house or, you know, whatever. You know, here's their number. Peace. See ya. You yeah. know, like it's dark. And out we went like and that was every Saturday. Like, yeah, never came home. Who knows where the hell we were. We and then my mom, you know, she was like, you could be a kid on this milk carton. You know, the face <laughs> of the milk carton. I remember that so vividly. But that. If I think back to the epitome of 80s, growing up 80s, it was the Saturday morning cartoons and all the sugar cereal for sure. Yes, yes. And the bike thing, you that's so true. I share that. And she meant four years old. Like, I could ride a bike when I was four, too. Kids oh, now, yeah. they're like 10, and they're like, I never learned. I'm like, oh, you need to do better for your life. You yeah, need to want to do better. Helmets you, and pads and all that shit. And then I fell down and broke my face 1,600 times. Didn't care. Got back up, got back on that bike and kept going. That's how my mom <laughs> taught me. She was like, you're going to fall a lot and then you're going to ride your bike home. And that's what I did. I learned in one afternoon that's what happened but right. also, too, your parents knew where you were because you would leave your bike on the ground at the house. And they were like, damn it, she's over at Jennifer's. Pick your bike up and just don't leave it in these people's yard like that. At least put the kickstand down. Like that was where you knew where all of your friends was because you kickstand. could find you bikes. You threw your bike down. You threw that bike down. You're like, we gotta go. We got things to do. Yeah. All right, all Karen, right. what's yours? Well, so talking about neighborhoods, my nostalgic moment is the just the lights coming on and you having to go home. So, you know, you're out in the neighborhood and you see those first lights going on and it's like clink, 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 clink. And every light goes home and you're either booking if you're far away, you're booking, you're running because your mom's be like, what? Why? Why weren't you here when our light went off? You know, I remember booking just being outside, being able to like that wasn't, you know, it wasn't a page that you got like come home page. It wasn't a phone call, cell phone, phone call. It was you knew. You walked out of that house to go play in that neighborhood, maybe on your bike or on foot. As soon as that light came on, you were supposed to be at home. That was the alarm clock. That was your signal, you know? Yeah. I think that to me, it just reminds me of very carefree free living. Like it was just like, you knew what you needed to do and you did it. And I, I just, that's, that always brings me back. Even today when I see the lights go on, I'm all, I'm not like panicked to get home, but I'm all like, ding, ding. Like it's a forever click in my head of what that means. 
too yeah. long anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That and then just all the great, you know, like like Kelly said, cartoons. But I think back in the 80s, that's when I really started really um, enjoying different types of music and entertainment. I think that was that was the thing for me was entertainment. And uh, and because we we did a lot. I mean, we didn't if we weren't outside and if it was a snow day or something, you'd have to go and go home and watch the TV. So I remember the evolution of the TV and the phone. I think those are nostalgic moments in my my mind, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. And I'm going to share mine. Um, All those things I still can relate to, which is on a on a not even on a I think I can relate to those because we didn't, I was still biking and all that. I didn't have a phone until I was in high school and it was required, but I also lived in Indiana in a border town and commuted to school to Chicago. So I was a city kid. Like that's why I like the city because I was always running the city streets. But um, my nostalgia for my, my childhood is corner stores. You know, like people don't, a lot of people don't know the concept of this. And I'm like, dude, in Chicago, there's one everywhere. You go on the corner, it has chips. It has, you know, they're selling, uh, you can put chips, cheese and meat on your chips. Like there's everything at the corner stores, bodegas. Like that's what I missed when I lived in Indiana. There was like no store. It was family dollar. And it's like, I don't want a family dollar. I want a store where somebody's family owns it. And I get to talk to them and build a relationship with them. And I can buy penny candy or 50 cent chips or whatever. That's that's my thing. Y'all remember those? Oh, yes. In Ohio, a lot. In Ohio, I remember being sent down to the corner store to pick up a whole bunch of stuff that probably we weren't supposed to be picking up. <laughs> yeah, cigarettes included. Back in the day, people would just, you would get your grandma's cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember the cigarette machines inside yeah. like restaurants like Pizza Hut? I swear had a cigarette machine in the lobby. Like yeah. you used to put in your $5 or quarters or whatever and then pick your like, you know, Winston Slims or whatever it was. Yeah. I totally remember that. You used I to was, be able to smoke inside. Yeah, smoke inside yeah. all day. I remember, you know, I mean, I came from a family too like they all smoked, like chimney smoked. Like, you know, it was just part of life, right? And and same thing, like smoke inside restaurants, smoke inside anywhere you go, sit at the table, sit down, and you, you want smoking or non-smoking section. Exactly. Like Nobody even asks you that anymore. And that was the main thing. My mom was non-smoking, you know, because she didn't want her hair to smell like smoke. Yeah. I'm like, these are the better seats. There's nobody there. What are we doing? Just sit around. My grandma smokes. What? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's so awesome yes this feels so good and folks listening you really need to tap into their podcast the blended gin all of their information is going to be below thank you so much karen and kelly for joining me here you guys are awesome 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 thank you, thank you. We, appreciate you. we definitely appreciate you and yeah it was great i love this <laughs> Anytime you need a millennial to just drop in there and, you know, just give my perspective, I can, I got you. It sounds like we got a lot more in common than we think. Yes. And, you know, you're always invited. So hey. might have to call you up and be like, hey, <laughs> let's do a segment. Yes, I'm down. Thank you so much, y'all. All right. Thank you so much for joining What the Pod. Once again, again, nice shameless plug for this nice mug. It's huge. That's why I'm showing you. It's 15 ounces. So, yeah, now buy it because it directly supports the podcast. Um, if you are listening to this, uh, go ahead and look at the link in bio when you get a chance and you can actually watch it. And if you're watching it, vice versa. My name is DJ Treacy Treese, and thank you for listening to What the Pod.